0: episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. This episode is being recorded on Wednesday, September 18th of 2019, and it corresponds with episode number 101 in Search News You Can Use, which you can find at mariehaynes.com newsletter. We've got a few interesting things to cover in this episode. If you were with us last week, last week was our 100th episode, and we did a live broadcast on YouTube Live, which was extremely stressful for me because YouTube Live was having issues. Um, It's not that they had issues. They changed the whole process. uh, And we figured it out eventually. So thank you, those of you who stuck with us while we did that 100th episode. Um, It was pretty cool. We actually found out as well. If you noticed on the broadcast, uh, we were supposed to have a big 100 balloons behind us, the numbers 100. And when we looked at our camera, it was backwards. So we thought we were really smart in flipping them. So uh, it turns out that YouTube actually mirrored the image again. And so I did the whole broadcast with a 001 balloon (laughs) behind us. I think you got the point though. So let's move on to the news in SEO this week. Uh, I feel like the last few weeks in SEO has been one of the busiest since I've been reporting on SEO news. And I've been doing this since 2012. Um, Last week, there were just thing after thing after thing, there was the no followed change, changes to the quality raters guidelines, uh, changes in, um, we're going to talk today about uh, these changes in terms of local businesses and what you can mark up for schema. Um, and so a lot of things changed and it's, uh, it's taking a lot of effort to stay on top of what the new news is in SEO. The good news is, um, you know, we've got you covered. <laughs> Hopefully, uh, if there's stuff that has changed in Google that we haven't covered here, Um, it's probably not that important in my opinion. Let's talk about algorithm updates. So we noticed there were two dates in the last week or so in which a number of our clients saw significant changes. The vast majority of those were increased, but not everybody. Um, And so the clients that saw increases, one of those dates was September 9th and the other was September 13th. At this time of year, again, there can be seasonality. And when we do look at sites that are seeing changes, we definitely look at, you know, maybe they just see increases every September. Um, If you're related to education, you probably are gonna be seeing increases. Uh, But these two particular dates, the 9th and the 13th were significant dates. And we saw sites that saw a very um, obvious change in the trajectory of their traffic on those dates. One of them that we've included in newsletter is such a cool case study. I'm actually in the process of writing an article uh, about disavowing and some of the case studies that we've done over the last few months now uh, to show that we're actually seeing really, really good benefit for some sites in disavowing. Um, One of these sites I reported on in the newsletter last week uh, where we showed that um, between August 22nd and August 29th, we really feel like Google did some major changes in how they assess links at that time. It's possible it's connected to these nofollow changes that we've been talking about, but we really Really think that these are related to dis- filing a disavow. So this one particular site, uh, we filed a disavow in I believe it was late July, possibly early August, And then with the August 22nd link update, that we think it's a link update, Google has not officially told us that, um, they saw a massive increase, a very, very big increase. And then they saw further increases September 9th, and it looks like we're seeing more increases on the 13th as well. Um, So, you know, and we've seen this in a a few other sites. I'm actually about to investigate a a site that I worked with years ago um, that I had been advising on their link building tactics. They were are sort of sketchy, um, kind of what a lot of you would consider white hat, uh, and some of you would consider even content marketing. Um, but my opinion was that these links were not great. Uh, and so I'm going to go into great detail about this site, provided I have permission from the site owner to do it. I'll probably do it in an anonymized way. But here's why it's important. This site paid for uh, link building under the guise of content marketing for uh, a a significant period of time. um, And they only did it to a certain portion of their site. And what they're finding is with these recent updates, uh, the majority of their site is doing relatively well And that portion of their site to which they had been trying to uh, boost links actually saw some drops. So I have not thoroughly looked into this, but my thought is that, you know, my theory was that these types of links that were built under the guise of content marketing, which really were just there to build links to manipulate your Google ranking, um, they're actually unnatural links. And I think they helped the site perhaps for a period of time. And, And now I feel like Google's algorithms are saying, look, there's something about this that we don't trust. So um, I know I'm kind of vague on this right now just because I haven't done a thorough investigation into this, uh, but I really think there are some major, major changes in how Google is assessing links and determining which links they want to count and possibly determining whether they have distrust in a site because you've been building links just for the purpose of link building. I know that's scary for some people, and my goal is not to just you know scare everybody away from link building because links are still very important, but you have to make sure that when you're getting links especially on a decent scale that you're getting links because people want to recommend your content and not because you've made a trade of like oh here we have a relationship with this publisher sure you can publish my article as long as you link back to me that type of link used to work well in the past and we're finding that you know google is catching on to this type of thing and you may find that some of these links that you've built in the past are hurting the site um my hope, and, and maybe I shouldn't be talking too much about this before I've done more research, but my what it seems to be with the early research is that there really is a pattern where we've seen links like this If sites have disavowed, they saw improvements over the last few weeks and sites that had links like this that did not disavow are seeing drops. So that leads me to say that it's not just that Google is maybe starting to count some no followed links or um, you know, there seems to be something going on where there's some type of a suppression. And my guess is that it feeds into whether Google trusts your site completely. Um, So stay tuned. Uh, It's hard to say exactly when this article is going to be out it could be actually this week. Uh, it seems to be flowing really well. Um, just depends on how much other work I have on my uh, my plate this week. Uh, but I think you're going to be really, really interested in that. Continuing with algorithm updates, it looks like we talked recently about this least subdomain issue. I'm just going to recap that for anybody who hasn't uh, been paying attention to this. There are a number of businesses that will rent subdomains from authoritative sites. And so the most obvious example is um, a company that actually exists on coupons. Uh, most coupon sites are generally affiliates where uh, you know somebody uses your coupon and you get a percentage of the, the sale that is made. Um... And so coupon sites would, for example, rent subdomains from, uh, one example is CNN.com. So if you go to coupons.cnn.com, that site, that subdomain on CNN.com is not run by CNN. It's run by an external couponing company. Uh, And what um, Google did a few weeks ago was they put out an announcement to say, you know, you're no longer going to be getting the benefit of the authority of CNN.com. They didn't say specifically that, but the authority of the big that it's being leased from. So uh, Glenn Gabe, I think, was the first one to point this out uh, on Twitter that um, some of these coupon subdomains are seeing drops now. It seems that uh, I want to say that was around September 5th or so that um, he first started noting that. And it was interesting because I put in a newsletter last week or perhaps the week before a screenshot from SEMrush showing which keywords the coupon subdomain on CNN.com was ranking for. And uh, they were ranking number one for Lowe's coupon, number one for Walmart coupons, number one for Pizza Hut coupon code. Uh, They were ranking for a lot of things. And when you look at that today, uh, their top keyword is a number seven position for Bed Bath & Beyond coupon. Um, You know, they still have some first page rankings for a number of things, but I think Google has made this change. So, I don't think this really affects a lot of people that are listening, but it does affect some. Uh, If you are in the coupon space, this is something that could be good for you or it could be bad for you if you're renting subdomains. Um, So I think I'll move on because, I mean, it's a very interesting topic, uh, but I think it only affects a very small portion of the people who are listening to uh, this podcast episode. Let's talk about um, this new change again that Google came out with talking about algorithmic updates to rich results. Um, So let's sort of unpack this because I feel like uh, for those of you who are sort of new to SEO, this sounds like a bunch of gobbledygook. What on earth is Google talking about? So rich results are where you see something in the search results so it's usually connected to schema if I um, mark up my content so that's either with using schema you know within your html or by using json ld which is funny it's come up again that uh when google close captions john Mueller saying json json ld it sounds like he's saying jason ld a country singer and that's what the close captions say anyways coming back coming back um so when you mark up your content with something like review stars, uh, so let's say you have a business that um, um, you want people to recommend, right? And so you've collected uh, testimonials on your website, you've asked your customers to review your business, and then on a page on your business, you mark up uh, something, you, your reviews with stars. You say, you know, these people gave us five-star reviews, this one gave us a four-star review. And so when people search for uh, your business, before this change, they would see in the search results, if you have marked it up correctly, an aggregate review saying, you know, on average, people give this business 4.5 stars out of 5. Um, and so what Google is saying is they don't want to see what they call self-serving reviews uh marked up and self-serving means it's on your own website you know and some people have said well but i have a form that you know people can fill out and it's totally up to them whether they want to give us a bad review so why couldn't we mark that up and the thing is it's on your own website and we all know that people uh review gate people do things where they say oh have you had an experience with our company and you enjoyed it if so fill out a review on our website if not Don't fill out a review, but just tell us your feedback. Um, And so that's the type of thing that I think Google wants to get away from because I think a lot of these businesses that are rating themselves as five stars uh, really, you know, have manipulated those rankings to some extent. The thing that is a bit confusing to some people is this also applies to third party widgets. So let's say that you have a business that is reviewed on TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor gives you a business or a widget that you can embed on your website and you can take your TripAdvisor reviews, put them on your website, and in the past, those review stars, if they were marked up, would actually show in the search results, um, even if people were searching for your business. What's changed now is that if you embed that widget on your website, you will not see, users will not see review stars for your own URL. If users come across the actual page from TripAdvisor that contains the reviews for your website; those will still have review stars. So I think that some of the companies that do um, offer widgets to help people review your businesses are probably going to be making some changes. I think you know maybe they'll be creating pages specific for your business to try to rank and to get um, those review stars being shown in the search results. I'm really not sure what changes are going to happen. The one part that I'm a little bit confused on is uh, is products. Um, if my business sells my own products and I've invited my users or my customers to leave reviews on those products, can I mark those up and will they display in the search results? My guess is no, but I don't think we've had a clear answer from Google on this just yet. So as we get more information on this, I'll uh, keep you updated as much as we can. There's a really great discussion on the local search forum. We've linked to it from newsletter uh, that's talking about this. And, um, you know, I think it's something that if you do any sort of local SEO, you should be staying up to date with this. Uh, There's also a really good article on Distilled's website, which we've linked to from newsletter as well. A little bit of news from Bing. Uh, Those of you who um, have Search Console accounts in Google, you can now import your verified sites directly into Bing Webmaster Tools. Um, I'm embarrassed to say it's been a long time since I've actually used Bing Webmaster Tools. And when I used to use it, it was actually really good. There was a lot of really helpful stuff in there. Um, For a while, we were using it to gather more links pointing to sites, and uh, we probably still should be doing that. Um, But I would really encourage you to check Check out Bing Webmaster Tools. Uh, Apparently it can take up to 48 hours to get new traffic data once you've verified with Bing. Um, So keep that in mind. I think it's longer for Google. I feel like when we uh, add a new site to Search Console, it can take days and maybe even weeks for all the links to populate. Um, So I'm not sure if that's the case with Bing as well couple people have noticed uh, that it seems that Google is showing less characters or fewer characters in title tags in the search results now. Um, There was a post from Morty Oberstein from Rank Ranger uh, saying that it looks like the average length of title tags being shown in the Google results is 51 characters right now, whereas back at the end of August, it was 55. Um, Who knows, this could be a test. Uh, I haven't really delved into it deeply. Uh, And we really shouldn't be changing a whole bunch but um, you know I think what the best thing to do is to look at, as you're changing title tags, look how Google indexes your pages. Um, And one thing you even want to look at is whether Google's actually using your title tag. So let's say you have this title tag that you've crafted and you think that it's going to help your SEO and it's going to help to convert people. And then when you do a search for your main keyword, Google's completely rewritten it to have a different title tag. When that happens, it can be for a few reasons. Number one, it could be that Google is deciding that your title tag is a little spammy. Um, And so when we see title tags rewritten, I want to pay attention to that because we do not want to be sending signals to Google saying, oh yeah, there's this potentially spammy issue on our website. Who knows whether that counts towards Google's overall assessment for your site. I think it's a little thing. You know, I think if you have the odd title tag that uh, Google thinks is a little bit spammy or clickbaity or whatever, um, the odd one is probably not going to hurt. But if the majority of your title tags are being rewritten, then I would look into you know, maybe there's something that needs to change here. The other thing, too, that can cause Google to rewrite title tags is just if they think that they can do much better. And I don't know how their algorithms figure that out. Um, but we've seen a few cases where Google has rewritten title tags and often meta descriptions as well, uh, where Google feels that they can provide the user with a title tag that's better than what you've done. Um, so we still pay attention to that. Like if Google's rewriting your title tags, perhaps something should be changing. Um, Let's talk a little bit more about the RHEL sponsored and the RHEL user generated content. Um, We talked in great detail about this in our live episode, episode 100. And so I know the podcast version of that was probably a little challenging to listen to as we had um, so many issues with the the technical things going on with YouTube. Um, So I'll just recap that a little bit here now. Google made some changes last week where, uh, and they were kind of vague in what these meant. um, basically around using nofollowed uh, so right now if you are prior to this change if you marked a link in the HTML as rel equals nofollowed then it meant that Google would not use that link in their ranking calculations they would not use any metrics from that link in trying to determine whether it was a good link a bad link a link that should flow page rank or anything like that um, they also would not crawl that link, and they would not follow it, hence the no follow, um, to any pages that it links to. Uh, And so some of that is potentially changing, and it sounds like it's changing. Google announced two new things that we can use. One is rel equals sponsored, and one is rel equals ugc, standing for user-generated content. Um, So sponsored should be used whenever a link is a paid link. You can still mark it as no followed if you don't want to make changes, and there's really no obvious benefit that I can see to the webmaster to go back and make changes to mark your sponsored links as sponsored. It's not like Google's going to say, oh, this website is selling links and so we need to penalize them. Um, you know, if it's marked as no followed and it's a sponsored link, you're fine. That said, if it's marked as sponsored, Google probably will know 100%, look, we can just ignore this link because somebody has paid money in some way, it's sponsored. UGC, user-generated content, is something that should be used for marking up things like your comments section. Um, marking up is maybe the wrong term there, but used in your comment section for the uh, the links. Um, again, if you do not use it it's not like google's going to turn around and go oh they have all these spammy links in their com- comments section you know if they're no followed google for the most part is still going to be ignoring those the way we understand it um and i should just add here that i've heard that yoast is coming out with it may already be out now uh, part of the yoast plugin will allow you to just mark all of your comments section as user generated content um, this doesn't mean we can just ignore your comments section. I, I think a lot of people might say, well, you know, now that Google knows it's user-generated content, we can just ignore, um, you know, if anybody spams it, if anybody puts uh, junk on our page. And the thing is, though, that I all of that content still counts towards the content on your page. If you have an article that's you know, a thousand words, and then you have 8,000 words of comments that follow that article, Google looks at the content of those comments. Um, and so you still don't want to, you still want to be monitoring your comments, uh, but it's the link spam that this is trying to to prevent uh, by marking it with user-generated content. Um, one of the uh, things that people are confused about, though, is what has changed with nofollow? Uh, and the way I understand it is, Google is uh, basically giving themselves permission to actually start counting some some no-followed links. So let's say I get a link from CNN.com and CNN does some big story on Google penalties and they link out to me. Well, that link, CNN tends to no-follow all their links, which a lot of the large publishers do, then uh, that link, you know, it might help Google for entity recognition. It could help my EAT, potentially, uh, that Google can say, oh, these authoritative websites are mentioning... Haynes in terms of SEO. She must be an authority in SEO. Um, We do think that those can help. But in the old algorithm that Google was using, they would not pass PageRank. And so that was probably frustrating to Google because now they're getting better at recognizing when links are true recommendations. So again, if CNN.com... Writes an article and chooses to link to me. That's exactly the kind of link that Google wants to count in their algorithms. So my thought is that Google's gotten just a little bit better at determining if that type of link is paid or if it's not. And I can hear all the arguments now. I can hear people saying, "How would Google ever know?" And I, I mean, I could. I feel like I could write an algorithm uh, to determine with relative certainty whether a link that I'm seeing on a page is uh, a good one or not like it it, there's a lot of signals that we look at when we're doing link audits um, that would not be hard to program programmatically Um, I know some people would disagree with me on that but uh, this is what I think Google is doing is um, making it so that if a link is no followed and they truly feel like it's a recommendation from an authoritative website for your website then they're going to start counting that towards PageRank. Um, what we don't know is some of these link-related changes that we've seen over the last few weeks, whether they're related to this change. I, uh, It's possible, it's possible. But I think there's something more going on, because it doesn't explain why some of the sites that we've disavowed for are seeing improvements, um, and why sites that we haven't disavowed for but recommended disavow are seeing drops. I still feel like Google's making changes in how they trust websites. Um, one of the questions that's come up about no followed links then is whether we should be disavowing unnatural no followed links. So this has come up for years now. Ever since the disavow tool came out, uh, we've had all these arguments about whether we should disavow no followed links. Um, most of the people, this is going to sound a little cynical here, but most of the people that are proponents for disavowing no followed links are people who sell uh, link auditing. (laughs) And so um, it's really tough. And I mean, we sell link auditing. So should you trust me on on this? I don't know. I hopefully you can. Um, We do not recommend auditing no followed links. I think I've had one case in the past where, there was a really suspicious pattern of, uh, it looked like somebody was attempting negative SEO through low quality article links uh, and they were all no followed. And then um, from like really odd PBNs and then weeks later, all of a sudden those links were followed. Uh, And so this was some, you know, unscrupulous person who was uh, trying to do negative SEO and they thought oh well we'll point these links no followed and then they'll ignore them and then we'll turn them to followed and maybe they'll get a penalty that type of thing is extremely rare in my opinion I mean maybe some of you have seen more of this but that would be one reason to consider disavowing no followed links now this is I'm gonna see if I can explain this without getting overly confusing because it gets confusing to me too We have had a discussion in our team as to whether we should consider uh, looking at no-followed links because it's possible. So John Mueller said, look, um, he says, it doesn't change anything. This is a direct quote from John on Twitter. It doesn't change anything if you disavow no-followed links. So if you have them disavowed, it's not a problem. But he's basically saying don't disavow. And he said it other places too. There's no need to disavow a no-followed link. When you're disavowing a link, you're basically telling Google pay no attention to this link Um, now. If my theory is right, so because what some people are saying is uh, maybe having a bunch of no-followed links that are actually unnatural links could trigger Google that there's a pattern, that there's something going on, um, and maybe you know that could actually make it so that Google is more likely to distrust your website. Um, it doesn't really fit into any sort of theory that we have though, uh, and I think really, um, gosh, I feel like I've I've confused all of this. Let's just end this here with saying uh, my theory is we don't need to no follow, disavow no-followed links. If anything changes, then we'll start doing it. We're, we're, we always look at no-followed links to see, you know, is there an obvious pattern uh, here? But really, if my theory is right that Google is changing their view on no-follow because they want to start counting some of the, the better no-followed links... You know, disavowing the old ones, they're just going to be ignored anyways. I know that was very confusing. Thank you for sticking with me as I uh, describe this. There was a really neat tweet that I got from TJ Robertson. Uh, he tweeted at me a little while back asking um, some questions about disavowing. And uh, uh, and then he went ahead and followed a disavow file or followed uh, submitted a disavow file. So here's his uh, tweet. He said, we submitted a thorough disavow file. Um, didn't remove any links. One month later they've seen a 5,000 percent increase in organic traffic. Um, Now granted they went from 25 visits per week to 1,250 visits per week. That's a a big change. I have not looked at this particular site uh, and so you know I don't know maybe they were a new site that wasn't ranking and and now they're starting to rank Um, but this is in line with what we're seeing. Uh, I don't know that we've seen a 5,000 percent increase from disavowing but um, but we've seen Seen some nice increases. So I've put, uh, TJ's, um, he's actually got a little graph in newsletter that shows when they submitted the disavow file and then the increase in, in traffic. Uh, and it's quite impressive. So, uh, if you have some case studies that you want to share with me, then, um, you know, tweet at me, that's probably the easiest way to do it. And, uh, you know, I, I would be happy to take a quick look at, uh, at some of those. Um, Here's an interesting tip from Newsletter as well. We have lots of tips in Newsletter that I'm not going to cover in podcast because I don't want this to be extremely long. But uh, there's some tips from Brighton SEO and um, a bunch of Google Help Hangout tips uh, that uh, the latest Help Hangout was really, really helpful, and we learned a lot from it. So here's a, a really interesting tip, though. I think most of you know in Search Console, If you, um, something doesn't get counted as an impression unless a user actually sees it, right? So if you're ranking on page five for something and uh, it says you have a hundred impressions for that keyword, it means there were a hundred people that actually scrolled through to page five or clicked through to page five and your result was one of the options that they had to click. Um, what I didn't realize though is that that applies to ranking positions as well. So somebody asked John Mueller on Twitter uh, why Search Console is not accurate for keywords. He says a new keyword thro- uh, three days ago was ranking twenty ninth. So uh, you know page in between page two and three, really. And um, Search Console was not showing him that, that it was ranking 29th. And so what John says uh, is that that position also is not seen in Search Console unless a user actually goes through um, and sees it as an impression. So you could have keywords that are ranking, you know, not the first page, but they're ranking second page and beyond that are not um, classified as ranking in that position by search console because nobody has ever seen it in that position. So that was something new for me that I I knew the impression part, but the uh, actual keyword rankings was, was new for me. Um, One other little tip that we'll add from newsletter here is, should we be disavowing spammy image sites that steal your images? Uh, And John Mueller said, you know, this is the type of link that Google ignores. So when we come across this, when we're doing a link audit, we will disavow, but that's not the type of link that's going to cause you to see improvements after disavowing. Um, And most likely Google is just completely ignoring those spammy links uh, in their algorithms. Let's see here. We've also got stuff in newsletter about whether um, particular top level domains can help you rank better, um, what it means when you have 404 pages in Google's index. I just don't have time to get into all of those. Uh, right now. There's a new plugin for WordPress that looks good. If you are using lazy loading for your images, then uh, there's a new plugin we've written about in newsletter that appears to be really, really good and can help you to optimize your pages that use lazy loading. Um, So that's really good. Oh, I didn't cover this with um, Bing talking about the nofollow changes. This is quite interesting. Bing is not it doesn't sound like they're going to use rel equals sponsored or rel equals, oh, this is an interesting thing, or rel equals UGC. If they're not going to use that, then gosh. Hmm. Thinking about that, I think we might have to mark our links as both nofollowed and UGC. If we want them to be calculated properly in Bing's algorithms, you know, I'm going to have to think more on that. Um, be interesting to have, if you have thoughts on that, tweet at Marie, me, Marie underscore Haynes. And uh, this would be a good thing to. I may start a Twitter thread on that because that's that's really interesting. Um, so uh, the other thing that was interesting from Bing is that they say that they've always treated no follows as hints. So Yeah, interesting stuff. So I think, uh, you know, the changes that we're seeing could be connected to a lot of these, these nofollow changes. Google has really changed something in how they handle links. And uh, I'm going to pay a bit more attention to what Bing is doing uh, there as well. We'll just end with one local tip, although it's a little bit of a, a clickbaity tip, I think. Um, what we put in the newsletter is how to rank well in a nearby city, and this was a tip that uh, Greg Gifford uh, gave us. Um, and what he really said was, if you're trying to rank locally for a city that's close to you, you absolutely have to own your own backyard first. Um, and as Greg says location and proximity, they're major factors in local SEO. But if Google can't recognize that you're the best option in your own area, they don't have a lot of incentive to be recommending you in another area. And I think that's key. So if you're trying to win for a nearby city and you're not owning your current city, then changes need to be made in that area. It's probably going to be challenging uh, to rank in an area where you don't have proximity. So that's all we're going to talk about in today's episode. Uh, If you missed it, I did a whiteboard. Friday on Moz. I filmed it in July when I was at MozCon, and but it's still very, very relevant talking about EAT. If you want a refresher on what EAT is, what it isn't, if you're still struggling to think of you know maybe you don't believe that EAT is a part of Google's algorithms I've tried to give some examples from Google documents uh, official documents and um, you know explain how Google says that they're using EAT and their algorithms um, I would like to encourage everyone to I haven't talked a bit about our Wix site I think we're sort of a little bit behind in terms of rankings We're we're not winning right now but that'll change we'll get there um, We added this really cool thing to the Wix site, and it's a Pac-Man game to sort of celebrate our new logo. We didn't intend for it to be looking like Pac-Man, but it looks like Pac-Man. But nobody has found the secret that's in this game. So we've made it a little bit easier. Uh, There used to be, uh, I think you can still put in a Konami code, uh, if you know what that is, um, but it was a bit confusing as to where to put the code in. So if you find our MHC Pac-Man game on our Wix site, There's a little John Mueller picture that you would like to click. I'm still waiting for somebody to tweet at me with the surprise because it is fantastic. Um, My team is preparing for PubCon. If you don't know, we're going to have a booth there. And so if you've been wanting to meet the team to ask questions about quality on your website, even have them take a quick look at your links, then join us at the PubCon booth. And finally, uh, if you missed it, I had an article on how Google uses scientific consensus or how we think they're using it that came out last Last week, you can reach that at Mariehaynes.com slash scientific consensus. And I like promised, um Like I promised, I'm going to be coming out very soon with a thorough article on some case studies with disavowing that I think you're going to find really exciting. So we're going to end it there. I really hope that uh, things go well for you this week. It's a bit quieter in terms of Google News than last week was, um, so maybe you're getting a chance to actually get some good work done on your websites, and I wish you the best of luck with ranking. (laughs)